greater the spy, the bigger the lie. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is Argyle. Welcome to the Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And today we've got a dead drop for you. We are covering the Matthew Vaughn film Argyle, starring Henry Cavill. And a bunch of other uh, people. Yep, yep. Although, funnily enough, he is probably the least featured member of the cast here. Even though he gets top billing. Yeah, so the only thing I really knew about this movie was I saw the trailer like mm-hmm. six times before various <laughs> movies. Yeah, that is the joke on the internet that this trailer has been going, you know, been out in front of everything for forever now. See, I, seeing this trailer, because I had heard about it for a long time before I even saw trailers, I knew that um, Henry Cavill was going to be in the spy movie, so of course that, you know, um, piqued my attention, because, you know, he is oft-rumored to be in the running for Bond, so just to see what he'd be, you know, he'd like it in a spy movie, yeah, I, I was curious. Is it safe to say that he's out of the running for now? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? No one knows. No one knows what the Broccolis are going to decide to do, or what Eon's going to decide to do. But, when I first saw this trailer, I think I told you this, I had this theory that this was going to be a reverse Spies in Disguise, that the cat was Henry Cavill somehow. I I don't recall that. Uh, yeah, okay, that, well, I, I've told someone that. but In a movie like this, where there's a lot of twists, it's not totally out of left field. <laughs> Let's get to our summaries. Okay, so here, as always, is our poetry synopses. And here come the spoilers. Okay, spoilers All start right. right here, right now. You have been warned. There's a lot to spoil in this movie. Here come the spoilers, and they're not going to stop. So, with that in mind, here is our haiku. Which I feel encapsulates the movie more than any other haiku I've ever written. So here we oh go. Oh boy. <clears throat> a lonely writer. Few too many twists and turns. Cat in a backpack. (laughs) All right, all right. I'll go with it. And here comes our haiku. There once was an amnesiac named Kyle who dreamed up an agent, Argyle. She's no longer Ellie, but her cat is still Alfie. She had what it took the whole while. The Ellie-Alfie rhyme was a bit of a stretch, but I'll give it to you. It always is. (laughs) And here is the real IMDb plot summary. A reclusive author who writes espionage novels about a secret agent in the global spy syndicate realizes the plot of the new book she's writing starts to mirror real-world events in real time. I actually didn't really get the impression that that was what was happening in the movie, but okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, it's not quite that things are mirrored in real time, let's just say. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Okay. So we start off, we meet Agent Argyle, played with Hi, Henry Cavill, who works with this other guy named Wyatt, played by John Cena. They're growing after this assassin um, named Lagrange, who's played by Dua Lipa, who's apparently some sort of singer or something. I'm not hip up on my new my singers. Right. They dance. It reveals that she knows who he is, and so does everyone in the club. They have a nice big car chase. Argyle and Wyatt chase after her, and she kills their other ally, Kira, by shooting her in the chest. Right. But John Cena, Wyatt, manages to pull her LaGrange off her motorcycle. She's escaping. Interrogate her, find out that she's exact. She works for the same people they do, the directorate. 
which means they're yeah. dirty, which is just like Alias. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of spies. Would you say it's safe to say it's a spy movie cliche that the people they've been working for are the bad guys the whole time? It doesn't happen as often as you might think. That's true. We've covered a lot of spy movies on this podcast, and it hasn't happened that much. Yeah. Well, do you, no. well, do you remember The Born Identity? Because I feel like this movie is just The Born Identity. It is in certain ways, yeah, sure. And th- mm-hmm. That is a case where, yes, okay, that that's the other big one, is uh, when Treadstone not being, you know, rosy clean, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so LaGrange commits suicide, Argyle and Wyatt cut their comms, and this is all revealed to be a book reading by author Ellie Conway, who has written four Argyle novels. She is a waitress who started writing after she had a big skinny accident. One thing this movie does really well is setups and payoffs. I know we talked about this before. There's a lot of stuff yep. that gets set up, and it, I mean, I didn't see anything that didn't get paid off. So I like that. Other than hints that the cat, the cat might be Henry Cavill. I mean, you're gonna have to point those hints out because I sure <laughs> didn't see them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she goes back home. She's trying to write her ending for her book for book five, and she's struggling to come up with an end. We also meet her cat Alfie. The cat, the aforementioned cat, who's a Scottish fold cat. Christian, I have a question for you. Is yes. Alfie CGI? Because this was the subject of much, much discussion. Well, I, I assume that when he goes flying around in the air, he clearly yes. looks CGI. But I mean, when he's just sitting there or when he's in the backpack, he's a real cat. He's a real cat. He's actually Matthew Vaughn's cat. Oh. And I don't know if you've heard all these rumors... Because before mm. the movie came out, there was rumors that the actual author, because there is an actual book, Argyle, which I've started reading, mm-hmm. and it says says it's written by Ellie Conway. But oh. there were rumors that Taylor Swift wrote it because she has a Scottish Fold cat. Wow, that's the second most ridiculous Taylor Swift theory I've heard today. <laughs> yeah, and apparently Matthew Vaughn has disputed this, but said that it's actually, she has been inspired in a way, because her, uh, his daughter or daughters, I forget if, how many, if, if, if his one or two daughters are Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift fans, and that's why they got the Scottish Fold cat. And that's why. Oh, so there. it comes around. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie gets big if those Scottish cats are going to be popular. Because they're oh, big, I'm... and they're cute, and they're adorable. Yeah, no, they're already popular because of Taylor Swift. Oh, right, of course. <laughs> you know, Taylor Swift's yeah. going to make that Travis Kelsey guy really popular. That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, no, anyway. actually, okay, wait. I, yeah. No, no, I'm, yeah. we're not done. Right, more, we'll, okay. about the book. Uh, more on the so cat. Is, so no, so is Ellie Conway a real person? Or is yeah. it like when the well, show Castle so, had books by exactly. Richard Exactly. It's like that. Okay. Well, how long has the Argyle book been out? Uh, came out like maybe a month or two ago. Oh, so it was for the movie. Yes. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it is, well, it's like, you know, it's Argyle's origin story so far, so it's interesting. And, and mm. it is actually good reading. Is It's like, it reads like a spy novel. So I was, right. I'm entertained so far. That's all we ask for a spy novel. Yeah. Classic cat lady, where she's like alone <laughs> and sad and drinks wine, and when her mom tells her to find a man, she's like, I don't want to, for some reason. That's never actually explained. Uh, because but, but she we feels can like she's doing fine on her own. Yeah, she don't need no... And she is doing fine on her own. Do you see that house? Yeah, I mean, she's a, <laughs> you know, she's... Yeah, she's a world-renowned author. So, yeah, who needs a man? 
There you go. There's only room Anyways. for one man in her life, and that man is Agent Argyle. <laughs> exactly. So she sends her mom the manuscript and tells her, and her mother reads it and tells her that the current sort of cliffhanger ending is a cop-out and suggests that she can, she'll come down for the weekend, help her out. So, Christian, this yes. only occurred to me after the movie was long over. But okay. this whole thing of, that's not an ending, it's, a, it's not a cliffhanger, it's a cop-out. Yeah. That made me wonder if the movie was going to end with a cop-out. <laughs> That's too meta for this meta movie. Well, we'll get to it. Mm. Uh, But so instead she starts writing one more chapter and she has Argyle sort of in her mind's eye as she's writing. And I enjoyed that, like, you know, as she's writing the words, Henry Cavill starts saying them. And then, then, like, as she's like, wait, no, this is terrible. Argyle says those things too. It was fun. Is this the part where he's in Hong Kong that you're referring to? Okay, so here's the thing, Christian. I didn't feel like that was a bad ending. I didn't feel like it was a cop out oh, ending at what all. The, uh, the where where they said, "Oh, we need to go to London and all that." No, I didn't. But and there's reasons why the mom thinks it's a cop out, and we'll get to those. Oh, later. yeah, the right. The mom has ulterior motives to keep her writing. Yep, yep. That's just true. But yeah, no, I yeah. I, I was like, no, it was a fine I know ending, what it I takes think. to yeah. take down the director at once and for all. I thought that was a good. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah, that was fine. It's fine. But I, yeah, well, the mom. As a motive, for, and we'll say why later. So Ellie decides she's going to take the train up to her p- parents' place instead of uh, her mom coming up. Uh, Alf- she brings Alfie in a backpack, which these apparently are real things cat, you know, for cats to travel in. Taylor Swift does bring around her cat in a backpack similar to this. It is not does not have an Argyle pattern on it, though, apparently. Yeah, no, I, I like the cat backpack, and yeah. I've seen other ones that don't look like that, but yeah. Uh, it's very realistic. Yeah. On the train, she meets Aiden, who's got like long hair and a beard. He's got a bit unkempt. And he's reading her book, but doesn't realize that she's the author until he gets to the very end and sees the, her picture on the dust jacket. Yeah, sure he does. Though I gotta say, so this reminded me of, and the spy came in from the cold, when uh-huh. Lakare is like, this, the real spy is always the last person you think is the spy, mm-hmm. which is like someone yeah. who's like dirty. And like slubby, and like you don't want to like be around them. So that's totally mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell yep. here. Yeah, that's so he very casually reveals that he's a spy, and the whole train car is full of spies, and they're coming after her. As they start to attack her, Aiden fends them off, and Ellie starts having hallucinations, seeing Argyle, Henry Cavill, right. in Aiden's place as he's fighting them off. Mm-hmm. And they escape out of the back of the train with a parachute. I mean, I don't know. The fight scene was like fine, I guess. I oh. thought it was pretty. Good. I mean, it was it was entertaining. Like, I liked the switching between Sam Rockwell and Henry Cavill. That that made it entertaining. That was neat. There was also a little bit of setup and not a payoff where this guy gives Ellie the old the old lazy eye. This guy with a beard, and she's like, yeah. "Hey, what's up?" And then we do see him later. I thought for sure he was going to be an assassin. No, I thought <laughs> the, the, the setup not. was that they almost get a little flirty. And she says, no, the seat's taken. And then as they escape, he sees her again. And with Aiden, he says, that's your type. That's the pay- all the payoff you need for that. Yeah, I, I missed that line. I heard someone call yeah. him Romeo, but that was it. I didn't hear that. Yeah. So I like the premise of someone who writes about spy novels being pulled into a spy story. Yeah. But I feel uh-huh. obligated to say it's not original. Have you have ever seen this movie called Romancing the Stone? 
Uh, I know of it in that it's basically, you know, one of... Is that Tom Selleck? No. I, I think it's Kurt... No, it's um, Kurt... I'm thinking of the other no. one. Uh, no, so uh, I've heard of it as like a pro, as a like a Indiana Jones type movie. Well, it, yeah, it's Indiana Jones, but more of like a romance. And the, the right. title like yeah. sucks. I don't know who thought of that title. The premise is a woman who writes romance novels gets pulled into. It's more of a classic adventure story than a romance story, but there is romance right. there. There's also I didn't see it though. There's a movie called The Lost City with Sandra Bullock oh. and right, yeah, that's Tatum. right. There was that, yeah. Yeah, and then also Sword of Castle, the TV show. A guy yeah. who writes detective novels becomes a detective. So, but I was like, this is good because we haven't seen the spy version of that. Yeah, exactly. And we get it in the beginning. It doesn't sustain through the whole movie, but we'll get there mm -hmm. when we get it. Ellie wakes up in a cabin where she's given a big info dump. Apparently the stories that she's been writing have actually happened. I don't think they were happening in real time necessarily, but they've happened. And... Ritter, yeah. who is the director of the division, which is the real life counterpart to what was the actual the other the in the books they're called the directorate. What sorry, what's it called in the movie? The division. Oh, oh yeah, the division. That made me think of the video game, the division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to play yeah. that together. Yeah, so the division has also gone rogue, just like the directorate in her books, and they're also looking for the silver bullet drive, which has all of the intel that would reveal them to the world. And the last place it was known to be in was London. Just like in the book. So they need Ellie to figure out, like, well, what's going to happen next in your story? Mm -hmm. Remember, or Ellie, think, think, think. And she's like, ah, I can't. I don't know. They go to the Albert Memorial where the meet was supposed to take place. Ellie sort of goes through her process and tries to figure out what the next part would be. They figure out through tracking lists of satellite dishes that the apartment would be on Coburg Street. They narrow down to, like, three, and they see that one of them is on Coburg Street, as in... Prince Albert Saxe Coburg, whose monument they're at. Yeah, so now it's kind of like national treasure. <laughs> so they check out the apartment, find it's empty, except for a hidden storage under a floorboard, which has a notebook and a boat key. Now, this whole time, Ritter and Division have been watching them and were able to follow the same clues. They send waves of men after them, but they managed to escape using the hatcher, hacker's escape plan through the roof, off the roof, jumping onto a, a crash mat, and then take the boat out. So these action scenes were probably my favorite. And my favorite mm -hmm. part of the whole movie is when someone throws a grenade at Ellie. She throws it at <laughs> Owen instead mm -hmm. of just away. And then he gets launched into an easy chair by the force of the grenade. So when it's Sam Rockwell, he's like just flailing in the air. But when it's Henry Cavill, yeah. it looks like he's like, I meant to do that. Like a Very smoothly Sterling. landing in the chair. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So I also wanted to comment, there's a part where, Owen, that's his name, right? Owen goes through fighting everybody, and he tells Ellie, Aiden. you need to, oh, Aiden. Aiden says, tells Ellie, you need to crush this guy's head. Basically, yep. kill someone in cold blood, okay? And well, I was like, yeah. is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be scary? Like, what am I supposed to be feeling here? What do you think? Uh... I think it was supposed to play off as funny, but also, like, in a sort of ridiculous way, as in, like, He's crazy. Why this is funny? So this reminded me. Have you ever seen the A Team movie? Yes. With Liam Neeson. Yes. Okay. Do you remember how B. A. Baracus can't kill people, and then right, at the right. end he learns to kill people, and it's like a sweet magical moment. <laughs> yep. And I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that? 
<clears throat> I vaguely recall that, but yeah, uh, I guess so. I don't know. So anyway, it just reminded me of that callback to the yeah. A-Team movie. So Ellie and Aiden hide out in a cheap motel, and you know, Aiden or Aid, Ellie is starting to trust Aiden, but she overhears Aiden on the phone saying that he wants to put a bullet in Ellie's head. Which is like, what? Bad phrasing. I mean, this guy's a professional spy. He really ought to know better than that. Yeah. I, I found this part of the movie to be probably the least plausible part of the whole thing. It's like clearly just there for some manufactured drama. Okay. Well, no, there's actually a good reason because this gets her to call her parents. Or at least specifically her mom. Right. They need the professional spy to do something stupid so that the next part of the plot can happen. Mm, which yeah. I don't love. <laughs> anyway, so she calls her mom, who comes to meet her in London, and she arrives at their hotel and it's revealed that the dad is actually Ritter, head of division, which I thought was an interesting twist. I did I noticed that, oh, we haven't seen her dad at all. He's always just off screen or something. So I'm like, hmm, curious. Wonder who's gonna be and he turns out to be Ritter. It is a good twist. Ritter is the guy who is the fine born now guy who yells fine born now over and over at his underlings. That's what he's done so far in the movie. Except not born? Yeah, well, yeah, but that's what... Find <laughs> Ellie now, if you want to, yeah. yeah, go there. <laughs> okay, yeah, and he's played by, uh, what's his face? Brian Cranston. And Cranston, yeah. So he, you know, is talking to her. He, look, he looks at the hacker's notebook, and as soon as I, he's looking at it, he's like, he's taking photos with his glasses with those, of those, isn't he? Which, yes, he, he doesn't is. normally wear glasses, so yeah. that's a giveaway. Or maybe he does when he's Ellie's dad. Right. They keep mentioning her dad, but they hadn't shown him. I knew there was going to be some kind of reveal. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. So Aiden comes in and says that these aren't your parents. And her mom holds a gun to Ellie's neck. And Aiden mm -hmm. shoots her mom and knocks out her dad. Right. And they escape, but have to end up having to leave the cat behind. Yeah, that was uh, pretty emotional. He even says, like, okay... Like, I'm not going to force you to leave the cat behind, but if you do, you're, like, going to die, basically. Well, it's, a, well, it's on Ellie, because she forgot the cat as they were running out. And I even thought, I was like, wait a minute, what about the cat? As she's, like, running out with the, with him. And she yeah. has a choice to either go back or escape to safety. Uh -huh. I was thinking, what about the cat the whole movie? Falls <laughs> <laughs> asleep in the car as they're driving away and wakes up on their way to a French vineyard where she meets a real Alfie, who is a former... CIA director, or deputy director, played by Samuel L. Jackson. I like the way they showed he's a sports fan when you first meet him, because he's got jerseys on the walls so oh, his yeah. hideout. Yeah. And so he says, it's time for you to meet the real a Agent Argyle, or R. Period Kyle, Agent Rachel Kyle, who is Ellie's actual identity. Our second twist. Uh of many twists. <laughs> I I'll admit I like I like the way they rolled it out. R Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love that like pun stuff. Yeah. The line time for you to meet the real agent Argyle was in all the trailers. Yep. And I definitely thought Henry Cavill was a real person. So. <laughs> I mean the movie's crazy enough. Like what's what's why not one more twist? Yeah, yeah. Well, so it turns out that all of the adventures that Argyle went on happened to her. It turns out also that Aiden was the real-life Wyatt, so he is not, you know, built like John Cena. And I liked this. I actually mm -hmm. liked it a lot. I thought a lot of this movie was dumb, but I did like <laughs> how they explained how she had the idea for all her books because they're memories. 
I thought yep. that was a really yep. good and plausible explanation. So it did make me wonder why he didn't come after her sooner. <laughs> well, there's a good reason for that. Mm. So Aiden reveals that Rachel was supposed to go to the meet of the statue, but she instead disappeared. Her body was found by Division, and their psyops expert, Vogler, brainwashed Rachel into thinking that Ritter and Vogler were her parents, and that she had a skinny accident. And they give her a notebook with details from her missions to encourage her to write the Argyle Styles, and for five years, waited for her to write the next part, which is what they needed. It's where the silver bullet was. So that's why they didn't come after sooner, because oh, they I needed see. that. And that's why the mom was encouraging her to write the next chapter. Mm. I do like patient bad guys. Bad guys who can bide their time. I mean, if they can't find the silver bullet, no one else can. So they have no real worry, I assume. So they just need mm. to get it at when, however long it takes. Yeah, they're protecting themselves. Yep. Aiden also reveals that what happened to Kira, her getting shot by Lagrange, also happened in real life. And Alice brings up that she was going to bring her back in another book. Apparently a fan wrote to her and said a way that could bring her back. Apparently there's this spot called the vascular corridor where if you shoot them very close to the heart, it'll go and you get it clean straight through, they can survive. You yeah, through and through, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Kira is the only person who doesn't have an analog. She's just herself. I guess. Uh, I think Lagrange, too. Ritter and Alfie are both simultaneously decoding the, the hacker's notebook, find out that the silver bullet is in Arabia, guarded by the Kiefer, Keeper of Secrets, who's played by Sophia Butella. This whole part was so regressive. I don't know if it was supposed to be, like, on purpose or something, but it was the kind of thing you get from a movie from, like, the 70s. Oh, uh, this reminded me of, like, what... It's in, like, John Wick 3, there's something like this, too. Or is it 2? It's 2. I don't uh, remember. Yeah, that's right. I think the part where they show her with the veil on, I was like, yikes. <laughs> anyway, so they go to the desert. Uh, they're dressed like Argyle and Lagrange from the beginning. And Aiden gets her act to actually dance and reveals that they were a couple. He's like, I was in love with you. I like Sam Rockwell's character because I like, especially, I'm thinking of in like Iron Man 2. Like, his characters always like to dance. Or also Charlie's Angels 1, I think. Yeah, his char characters play with him always like to dance. I think so when he's like, I get her to dance. There's like, okay, this is a you know, classic song, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, the internet loves Sam Rockwell. I, I do like here how he doesn't look like the traditional, like, leading man like Henry Cow. Mm -hmm. Right? Good yeah. contrast yeah. with him. He's like kind of out of shape, too. Yeah, so Ellie is taken up to meet the Keeper of Secrets who tests Ellie. And Ellie, like, is about to stumble and she looks over to a reflection and sees Argyle again. And basically sees the last hallucination she'll have of him, saying, you know, you've got it from here on out. He's like, you don't need me anymore, which was kind of cool. Yeah, so her memory has mostly returned. Yeah, okay, so Christian, I gotta yeah. say, I liked the beginning of the movie a lot more. Okay. I like the idea of, like, she's an author of a spy uh -huh. book who needs to yeah. use her author skills kind of like Castle to, like, uh -huh. figure out what happens next. From this point on, my enjoyment plummets, because... <laughs> because it's just another like spy action movie and she's yeah. almost like a different character now i can see where you're coming from i i sort of like the reveal though it, it's the change between um oh i don't between remember the samantha, samantha and something hollywood charlie charlie baltimore <laughs> yes yeah right so i like the change i, I think i think 
And I like seeing sort of the layers of it. I was not disappointed because, you know, up to that point right here is still Ellie. And so you see the changeover to Rachel. And I like So I thought that was yeah. interesting. By bluffing out uh, the keeper. Yep. So she looks at the US, silver bullet USB and finds that not only are, you know, information on Vogler and Ritter on there, but information on her and her sort of assassinations and secret missions, and that she was seemingly, unlike Argyle, she was a loyal division agent, and she wasn't going to, you know, give Wyatt or slash Aiden the file. It's like another twist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's Argyle. She's over for the other team, blah, 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 blah etc. She goes back to Aiden, and they're about to have a big co- you know, conversation about this when they're interrupted by Vogler and other division agents, they sit and have tea and are about to... And Vogler is sort of encouraging to her to remember her past and, you know, let them you keep thinking about that what that end of the mission was. She gets her last memories back, remembers that she's the one who actually killed the hacker. When the hacker died, his whole hide-up blew up and she jumped from the window into the water. Which is how she lost her memory. And it literally yeah. blew up. It's like uh, something out of Batman. At that point, it's revealed that the tea is actually drugged. Even Vogler is drugged, and they all pass out and are taken back to the division headquarters. Yes, by uh, Carlos, who looks like Billy Mays. I just wanted to share that. So Ellie wakes up in Ritter's office, or Rachel, shall we say. I don't know. I'm going to keep calling her Ellie, because I just know her as Ellie. That's fine. And he gives her a deal that if she reveals where Alfie the person is, he'll give her back Alfie the cat. And she says that she doesn't care about the cats. Oh, the audience is like, no, she really is yeah. different, see? Uh-huh. They bring her to Aiden, and yeah, so she's seemingly loyal to Division again, tries to get Aiden to reveal where Alfie is, and when he doesn't, she shoots him in the heart. And she's brought back to the con- big control panel and tries to remember where Alfie is, and she, you know, narrows it down to via, like, types of grapes and other things like that, and shows them where Alfie is, but reveals that the whole time she was doing this, she was actually transmitting the silver bullet data to Alfie. Except... Except and this is where we get the, sort of like the, all these sort of climax, you know, pile-ups here. Yeah, that's right. So the data needs to be released from the mainframe. So Ellie knocks out Ritter and steals his badge, and then grabs Alfie the cat, who she apologizes to, so he, he's still in the backpack. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the armory to stock up. Aiden is revealed to not be dead because Ellie shot him through the vascular corridor, which was set up earlier. Yeah, but the movie even, like, kind of admits that this is stupid. Like, <laughs> like Aiden says, so you're telling me you shot me through a two-inch wide with a gun that had, like, no sights, having never picked up a gun in, like, five years. And she says, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. And he's like, well, I guess it happened because I'm alive. I mean, it's, you know, you know hanging a lampshade on it. Oh, we can, that's out there, we can move on. Yeah, that's basically exactly right. So they meet up in the armory, and I think this is my favorite part of the movie, is when they're ending off the waves and waves of Division goons with colorful smoke bombs and gun food dance fighting. Yeah, so it's very Matthew Vaughn. It's very Matthew Vaughn, it's very reminiscent. I, like, I was reminded of the exploding heads from... The first Kingsman movie. And so in just the color palettes. Yes, that's right. So my girlfriend who I watched this with did not like the color. 
She's like, too much color. I don't know what, what? I'm supposed to be feeling. Is it action? <laughs> is it dance? I just yes. don't get it. The answer is yes. Okay, I hope I didn't misrepresent her opinion. She can write in and tell me if I got it wrong. <laughs> but to put it this way, I feel like if a Bollywood fan thinks her movie is too colorful, something's up. That is interesting. That is fascinating that you said that. Or that she said that, rather. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. And I think, yeah, it, it was very, very Matthew Vaughn. So, which, I mean, it's a Matthew Vaughn movie. It's what you go in. I mean, if you know what you're going in for, then yeah, you ex- kind of expect that. Would you say you're a Matthew Vaughn fanboy? I don't, not a fanboy, but I realized, except for Stardust, I've seen every one of his movies. Hmm. How many movies has he done? Um, he's directed, so. Like more or less than 10. I think it's like oh. seven or eight or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, like, and we've covered obviously X Men First Class on this podcast. He had Layer Cake with Daniel Craig, all the Kingsmans, and one of it, the first Kick Ass, the second one he didn't direct, but he wrote and produced. And I think, yeah, Stardust is the only one that I'm missing, which I should watch. I wanted to watch for a while, just there. I didn't realize that was Matthew Vaughn, so curious. Yeah, people seem to think it's decent, but my other observation about this scene is I've mentioned on Tuesday Night Gaming, my other podcast, Plug, Plug, Plug. Mm-hmm. That, and this is not my observation. I saw this online somewhere. It's like when people look back at the movies of this era, they're going to say this was the era when bad guys holding guns would run up to the hero and the hero would just punch them and take their gun. <laughs> I would like to amend that to say they will do that to a pop song. This movie had a lot of fight scenes to pop songs. I'm also a Matthew Vaughnism. Well, not just him. It's, been, it's in all the movies. Yeah. True, true, yeah. Which one? What was this one set to? Was it? I don't recall. Oh, I, I don't remember one. any of the songs. I could just tell yeah. they were pop songs. They make their way to the mainframe, but they get caught in this room that's filled with barrels and crude oil. It ends up getting spilled everywhere. So Ellie asks if all of her memories were implanted. Was she actually good at skating, or was that just you know something that Vogler made up? And he's like, No, that was real. You were actually good at skating. So she has an idea to stick knives on the bottom of her boots and turn them into ice skates, and manage to take out a bunch of goons with ice skating gunfighting. Well, not first knife fighting, and then gunfighting. So, do you actually like this part? Uh, I think by the t- by the timbre of your voice, it sounds like you did like it. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I was inventive. Like, how often do you see people getting taken off by someone who's ice doing ice skating moves? That's true. It was different. It was inventive. I liked it, yeah. I also like a good use of a bayonet. You don't see bayonets very often in movies. True. But it is kind of ruined because at the end, she fires all these guns and it doesn't set the crude oil off for some reason. That, yeah, that I'll give you that. that. That's, you know, that's a, you know, Chekhov's gun left on the, left on the shelf. It's, it's frustrating because the movie is good at setups and payoffs and it's pretty tight. But that was a big, like, script error, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fair. That's fair. Because I was just more enamored with, you know, the vision of her doing some one of those, like, tight tucks in a, right. in a, in a turn as she's firing the gun. I was like, wow, that, I mean, I have no idea how much of that is CG. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a bunch of stunt work here. But there's parts where Bryce Dallas Howard had to have done some skating, so, yeah. That's right. And they get to the mainframe, but, <laughs> like, this is where I'm saying, okay, yes, I'll give you that. There's, like, too many... Oh, we got to this part. But wait, there's something else. Yeah, it's just one more big spectacle. Yeah, so now well, now it's locked with the retinal scanner, so they can't get into it, and only one person has the eyeballs to scan it, and it's Ritter. And he catches up with them with his big shotgun, 
and is about to kill them when Alfie the cat attacks Ritter, scratches his eyes up. Aiden was like realizes halfway through, oh wait, the eyes shoots Ritter. I for a second thought he shot the cat. Ooh, that would have been a twist, but this movie isn't that dark. I was sure they were going to cut out somebody's eyeball. I guess <laughs> yeah. it's not that kind of movie. Actually, what, what is this movie rated? Is it rated PG-13? PG-13. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that probably would have been a little much. This was the only thing that just held his face up <laughs> to the yeah. scanner. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, yeah so, so now they have One to more fu- fight, one more confrontation, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have to figure out a new plan. So they go topside to reveal that they're actually on a ship in the middle of I don't know where. Middle of the ocean. Yeah. So they plug into a satellite directly to bypass the retinal scanner, and they're sending it, and it's, you know, progress is happening. And then Vogler broadcasts the music, a music box with like a skater on it that we saw during Ellie's brainwashing. Yeah, so it's like a a river tam turned into killing machine. Yeah, well, it's like what I've thought of like a Winter Soldier like command phrase. And it is like multiple random words too. So she gets Ellie to attack Aiden and she's about to kill him when someone hits Vogler over the head and smashes the music box. And hey, it's Kira from the beginning. So you know what I call this, Christian? What? Ready? A cop out. (laughs) Uh... It's actually more like a deus ex machina, I think. Well, it's a it's a payoff and setup. It's a gray area. We can agree to disagree. No, yeah. no, this is definitely a payoff and setup because you first of all, what's well, even a double payoff and setup? Because first of all, you set up all right. One that she, that Ellie was going to have this happen to her to Kira in the books because a fan wrote into her to tell us this. So you have one payoff or one setup for there, one setup there, two setups there actually. You have one of the payoffs with all right. They use that to to bring to bring um, Aiden back. back. Your second payoff is who is the fan who wrote in? It's Kira. I did because like it actually happened to her. Yes. Okay, that was good. <laughs> You're right about the fan. I appreciated that they explained who the fan was and how they knew that. They've managed to finally get the rest of it transmitted to Alfie. And we sort of transitions to uh, to instead of Arga or Rachel or slash Ellie and Aiden escaping on a boat, it's now Argyle and Wyatt escaping on a boat from the exploding ship, and transition to Ellie reading the end of Argyle book five. They they literally sail off into the sunset. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So she asks if anyone has any questions, and then Henry Cavill in a mullet and a yellow Argyle. Uh, like our Argyle book shirt stands and says, I don't have a question for you, but you may have a question for me. And there's your cliffhanger. <laughs> Slash cop out, if you want. No, it's, it's a good cliffhanger. He also says it in like a redneck accent. <laughs> I feel all you need to point that out. Mid credit scene. Yep. I stayed specifically because I knew you were going to ask about it. And the mid credit, <laughs> you're going to need to explain it to me like what happened. They're in a pub called The King's Man, which is written in the same titles. Right. So obviously it takes place in the same universe. When the like the the pub also has the logo of the Kingsman on it as well. Right. A young Aubrey Argyle asks for a cosmopolitan, but no contro, no vodka, no cranberry. Just the twist. The, the barkeep says, You must be in a lot of trouble if they have sent you to me. Gives him a box 
He opens it. There's a gun and a silencer. And he says, that is a twist. Cut to Argyle, book one, the movie. <laughs> is coming soon. I guess coming no matter soon. how well this movie does. Yeah. So I think what's implied here is that basically the next movie in the series will be based on book one of Argyle, which is a book that's currently out. So it takes place in the Kingsman universe, which means there's a shit ton of secret societies and spy societies like running around all in the same. Is planet. there? Well, there's 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 the division, there's directorates, or there's division, and there's yeah. the Kingsmen plus the Statesmen. Yeah, and then all the people the Kingsmen fight. That's true. I mean, that's like any you know. So what <laughs> this implies is that this all happens to Henry Cavill. Like, with mullet, because he has the same haircut as Henry Cavill. Right. So it's all happened in real life, somehow, maybe, and that the whole movie has been taking place in the same world as the Kingsman. Yes. It's a good explanation that, and it also kind of makes sense that Agent Argyle is a real person if they're memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, her memory isn't perfect. You can remember that he exists, even if he has yeah. the wrong job. Mm-hmm. So what I'm think is that like some of the de- I have no idea how this is all going to w- play out if it ever if we'll ever find out anything more about you know the Henry Cavill at the end but you know I assume that maybe they sort of mixed in her memories like the missions with other things from an actual agent who may have been a Kingsman yeah I can see that with that our movie ends yes so now it's time for fact versus fiction I have a few things. Alright, I have one. Alright, why, why don't you go first then? So the vascular vascular corridor that they talk about that is a major key point, I looked it up. It doesn't seem to exist. No, it doesn't even exist on the internet except for one mention that's the movie Argyle. Um, like no, the, I mean, there is a thing called a vascular corridor. Let me find it again. One oh, second. really? I did some googling. Vascular corridor, shoot heart, Argyle, and nothing came out. No, I mean, I mean, there is a thing called a vascular corridor, which specifically is at the L five S one junction. Um, oh, that's spinal, anterior spinal <laughs> access. Or, yeah, so it's so I think it is basically just a you know corridor within the heart. But I, as for the, there being specifically one where if you shoot that that's the right point, um, you and then they can survive. Doesn't seem yeah. to exist. I hope. Neither of us are put on too many lists for having that in our internet search history. I'm sure it's fine. I use DuckDuckGo anyway. That works great. All right, what do you got? Okay, so first thing is I have a bullet USB drive that looks like that. I don't have it on me right now, but it looks pretty much like the silver bullet, except uh, it's bronze, and it says Guns of Icarus on it, which was an old video game that I got a promo <laughs> oh, for. I missed that game. You remember that game? I mean, it's and- playing it, yeah. Yeah, and then one time I accidentally left it in my backpack, so I had to pull it out and show it to TSA. But they they were like, wow, what a cool USB drive. I guess they never mistook it it for a real bullet at any time. Yeah, really. I'm just surprised that they let you have it. Yeah, me too. But it's still around here somewhere. They almost took away my... I have a Batarang money clip, and they Mm. they almost took it away because they thought I was trying to bring a Batarang, like a bladed weapon, into the airport. Yes. Oh, to the airport, yeah. Maybe uh, they were more. Maybe the one you got was more sensitive. Okay, right. so the other one is there's a line where she asks Aiden, "What do you do for a living?" And he says, "Espionage." And it's very easy to remember because it was in all the trailers. But right. literally every movie gets this wrong. So espionage 
according to the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language, is the practice of spying or using spies to obtain secret information, especially regarding a government or business. So, Aiden is not espionage. He does operations, which is in the spy museum because he rescues Ellie and he fights Mm -hmm. bad guys. So, like, James Bond technically is not a spy either. He's an operator. Mm-hmm. The movies always get this wrong, and this yeah, one is no exception. They also always call CIA people who work for the CIA agents instead of officers. So yeah, yeah, that's true. And then finally, how easy is it to light oil on fire? Actually, is it true that <laughs> a spark, an errant spark, would be enough to kill them? I all? feel like they covered this. Oh no, I think it was lighter fluid they did on like MythBusters. I remember in my in my brain that gas is actually not that easy to blow up. Oh, maybe it was gas. Yeah. Yeah. Or else gas stations would be exploding like all the time, which they don't. But according to fireproofdepot.com, crude oil is highly flammable and can erupt at any time, causing massive destruction. So, for example, because really? of the massive volume of oil stored, fire is always the most likely cause. All workers are at risk if a minor spark ignites them. Oh. So that seems legit. Hmm. All right. And then finally, I always wanted, and I probably should have done a micro dot on this, but I was like, how exactly does brainwashing work? (laughs) So I went to HowStuffWorks.com, How Brainwashing Works by Julia Layton and Aaliyah Hoyt. And Mm -hmm. an example they pointed to was American POWs during the Korean War, who were supposedly brainwashed by Korean and Chinese captors. It said at least 21 soldiers refused to come back to the United States when they were set free. Oh, wow. So there's a series of steps. We're not going to go through all of them. There's 10 steps, which is assault on identity, guilt, self-betrayal, breaking point, leniency, compulsion to confess, channeling of guilt, releasing of guilt, progress in harmony, final confession and rebirth. So we're only going to talk about the first one because it's applicable to the movie. It's assault on identity. So Mm -hmm. it would begin by denying everything that makes the target who they are. For example, you are not a soldier. You are not a man. You are not defending freedom. And they would be told this for days, weeks, or months to the point that they become exhausted, confused, and disoriented. And the idea is to break down their beliefs. Many psychologists believe that using the term brainwashing to describe what's happening to people that, you know, people use the term like colloquially, like they talk about like QAnon or anti-vaxxers that being brainwashed by Fox News. Psychologists believe that this is inaccurate because it's not, you know, the scientific way that I just described. That is all I got for... That is interesting, yeah. They name-drop MKUltra and stuff in the movie, but that's too long to get into right now. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll cover that whenever we end up covering what the the man who stared goats. All righty, shall we move into favorite quotes? I've got two. So the only one I have is... It's like a, no spy with a stupid haircut is going to stop me or something like that. <laughs> like some reference to Henry Cavill having a stupid haircut. And I agree. Right. The stupid. flat top was that was a choice. <laughs> All right. So I've got from Wyatt played by John Cena. You don't answer. You're going to be the same temperature as my coffee right now, which thanks to you is ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And my other one is from Wyatt. When he saw Alfie the cat in the backpack, he says, Cat's supposed to be in a hat, not in a backpack. Just to be, oh, like a, like the cat in the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, like the buck. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I probably should have gone on IMDb and look up some, but anyway, now it's time for our ratings on a scale of one to ten martinis. One being Avengers 1998, and ten being even better than Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. How would we rate Argyle? All right, 
Let's hear it, Zach. I'm, I'm anticipating some arguments. I actually <laughs> thought it was it was pretty bad. It's an action movie with kind of mediocre action, a spy movie with mediocre spy stuff, a romance uh-huh. movie, except like there's barely barely any romance at all. Went on for an hour too long. Hour and too long. An hour too long. I, I was like bored by the time they were throwing the gas around or the smoke around, <laughs> I should say. Right, yeah, there, right. there were way too many twists. The characters weren't really that engaging and they didn't stick with the premise. If they had stuck with the premise that she's a writer and not mm-hmm. a spy who gets pulled into a spy world, I think that would have been way better. Instead, it was mm-hmm. kind of like Spy, which we just watched, where you had a cat right. lady who turns into a badass. <laughs> so maybe I'm not in a good mood right now. I'm going to be harsh. I was going to give it a two and a half out of ten. But wow. I loved the cat. So the cat okay. gives it one point. So it pushes it to three and a half out of ten. Fascinating. All right. So <laughs> fascinating. I enjoy this movie, and I mean, I had no expectations going in other than okay, I like Matthew Vaughn, um, mm-hmm. and I, I've yeah, like I've looked at so his first movie was Layer Cake, which is it, it's so different than the rest of his movies. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's Layer Cake. Have you seen ever seen Layer Cake? Sure, I saw it kind of a long time ago though. I like the part oh, where yeah. Miles O'Brien beats up James Bond, and I <laughs> like at the end when he says, "If you figured it out, you're almost as clever as me." I like that and part. then he gets shot. Oh, I, I don't like that part. <laughs> I choose to remember Anyways. what I choose to remember. Yeah. So it is just, but uh, yeah. After uh, I have never seen Stardust, so I don't know how you know visually it wor- it fits into this. But ever since Kickass and yeah, Kickass Forward, it's you know it's it's much more in sort of the Kingsman flair vibe, and I enjoy I enjoy it. I enjoy the first Kickass so. This, for me, I think it is my favorite of his since the first Kingsman. I like The King's Man for its period setting, but it wasn't quite, you know, it wasn't quite what you were expecting from Matthew Vaughn film. That, still tonalistically not all the way back to Layer Cake, but King's, King's Man was not, you know, with the colorful action and, you know, spectacle. So, I enjoy this a lot. I Looking back on what I rated The King's Man, I rated it 8, which is very, very generous of it. I will not go as high as that. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten martinis <laughs> because I enjoyed wow. it. It's it's you know it it is it is a, if you're in if if you're able to turn off your brain and just enjoy the spectacle and the fun of it and yeah I I I had a lot of fun with it and the cats I know that the critic a lot of the critics out there are giving it just a beating. <laughs> yeah the first hour i was like this is pretty good like why are people that keep saying this movie's bad and then it just kept going and going and going i I mean i will agree that there is at least you know one twist too many and Mm -hmm. you know maybe two climaxes too many which is why it's Mm -hmm. down to a seven and seven point five i also wanted to share an observation that the beginning was a screamer remember rob telling us about how night and day was a screamer no, I don't remember that actually. Okay, so I was talking to Rob about how about we were doing Night and Day. He said, "Oh, that movie's a screamer," and I said, "What is a screamer?" And he said, mm-hmm. "It's a movie where you have two characters. One of them is an action hero who does all the action stuff, and then he has a sidekick who screams." <laughs> <laughs> so you're Indiana Jones, Willie Scott. Yeah, that's like the classic example. I am surprised you have not. This is the first time that you mentioned Night and Day this whole time because I thought you were going to mention it a lot. 
Well, I mean, you're the Tom Cruise super fan, but yes, it did. Yeah, but I wasn't sure that with all the times that she is, you know, kidnapped and taking places against her will, you would be bringing that up. Because that's what you love to talk about that when you bring up Night and Day. Yeah, it did make me uncomfortable. That's true. Hmm. I think it's because halfway through the movie, she turns into the Terminator. (laughs) So that's probably a bit of a difference. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's not doing well in the box office. I don't know if we'll ever get that sequel or follow-up or whatever. Hmm. Maybe he'll fold into his plans for Kingsman 3. Yeah, he moves in mysterious ways. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i waiting to see the end of that trilogy. And I doubt that we'll get any follow-up to The King's Man, but hey, if it happens, I'll I'll watch it. Very nice. He's, yeah, he's got some more movies to make. He's to get those numbers up. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. You can find us on social media at the SpyFi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's right, I said Twitter, not X. And you can find our merch store on Redbubble.com. Until next time, until next time, I've been Christian. I'm Zach. And we are the SpyFi Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to the SpyFi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.